Welcome to Stay at Home, Mom, with your illustrious host, Leslie Goodgesell, mother to six beautiful daughters, wife to an amazingly hardworking and supportive husband, homeschooler, and homesteader in the making. Join me on this journey, this blessing of what motherhood looks like. ever looked at a large family and wondered, oh my gosh, how do they do that with so many kids? Well, I mean, everybody kind of has the amount of grace they need for the number of children they have. That's my belief anyway. Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about birthing people. That's the politically correct way to say it, right? We're actually going to talk about what makes us moms and the whole process from beginning to end. Welcome to this week's episode of Stay at Home, Mom, where we're going to talk about all things birth. I know that makes you really excited. And for all of you dads that listen or boyfriends or husbands or just random men who like to listen to this podcast, this may not be the series you want to follow up. I don't know. Maybe you do want to listen. But if not, we understand. Our feelings won't be hurt. I wanted to touch on this because I have had so many friends in the last 12 months have brand new babies. Some of my friends have very large families and some of them do not. I also have friends who have struggled with infertility. So I thought, what better season than now while I'm preparing my kids for homeschool (laughs) for the next season to talk about what makes us moms? How did we get here? I mean, we're not moms without kids, right? Some people call themselves fur moms, but that's neither here nor there. So the first thing I really want to talk about is, you know, discovering whether or not you are pregnant and struggles with infertility. going to be completely transparent here and tell you that I married a little bit older. I was in my late 20s. I really had this uh, idea that I might not be able to get pregnant very easily because I was older and... And I say older very loosely because I have a lot of friends who have had babies in their 40s, like their first babies in their 40s. It was this thought in the back of my mind that it might not happen, right? We might not be able to have babies. I have a lot of friends from a lot of different walks of life who have experienced a lot of different things when it comes to becoming a mom. Well, as would have it, um, it did not take us any time at all to find out that we had conceived. And I did not receive that news very well. (laughs) I actually was quite angry to be honest. Um, I wanted to have children. Children were something that I actually, growing up, never had a desire for. But when I gave my heart to the Lord and I started to read scripture and to pray and really seek the heart of my creator, I felt like he had created me for this thing. And therefore, I desired it because I felt like I was created to do this. I, however, was not prepared two months into a new marriage to enter into that new journey of motherhood. And I know when James and I did our interview early on in my podcast episodes that we kind of talked about how I might have resented him a little or I kind of quit talking to him for a while (laughs) right after I found out that I was expecting because I wasn't mentally or emotionally prepared for that. And I feel like there are a lot of people who go through a lot of different circumstances in life that may feel that way in that instance, you know, 
girls who are not married, who are teenagers, girls who are married, but in an unsafe marriage. There are so many different circumstances that we can feel such a flood of different emotions and sometimes all of the emotions all at the same time. But there's one thing that I learned in the midst of that because I did feel really bad after I gave birth to this beautiful baby girl. And I looked at her and I thought, why was I so upset? Why was I so upset with my husband? I didn't talk to him for weeks. I mean, I did. Don't get me wrong. Like, I can't not talk to him. We live together. We share a bed. It's not like I totally ignored him. I think I just emotionally shut off toward him. But it was really disheartening to look back at myself and ask myself that question. Why was I not embracing this new journey, this new experience that it was something that I had wanted, but I really wanted it in my timing. I had to ask forgiveness. I actually, I mean, my newborn could really not technically forgive me, but I did ask for her forgiveness for almost rejecting her, right? It wasn't that I was outrightly rejecting her. It wasn't that I didn't want her. It was that I just didn't feel prepared enough. I did not know how to handle being a new wife and what the dynamics of that looked like with being a mother on top of it. So it felt extremely overwhelming within the first year of our marriage. You know, we got married, had our honeymoon, got pregnant and had a baby all before our first anniversary. It was a lot. It happened really fast. And that baby came three and a half weeks early, which had a few of its own challenges too. The thing that I learned though, is that those emotions that we experience at the beginning are not a negative thing. It's not a bad thing to have those emotions. And yes, you hear, oh, every child is a blessing. And oh my goodness, are they ever. There is nothing more exciting and invigorating than that fresh newborn smell and those tiny little baby snuggles and their coos and oohs and grunts and oh, it's bliss. It really is. And I think the Lord made it that way because if we didn't have that bliss after all of that pain, (laughs) everybody would only have one baby. (laughs) But the feelings and the emotions that we have as we're going through learning that we are expecting, discovering that we are going to be entering into this new phase of our lives where we're not exactly sure how to navigate it. Those are all natural and none of them are wrong. And be encouraged because if you're experiencing that, you're not alone. Experiencing all of that flood of emotions, it's okay. It's natural. It's almost expected. I don't believe for one second that our creator is up there in heaven going, oh no, she's so upset about this. Like as if he can't read our thoughts. He doesn't know exactly what we're going through. It's okay to have those feelings. It's okay to feel overwhelmed. It's okay to not know what you're doing because the reality is none of us know what we're doing. We're just doing the best we can with what we've got and figuring out the rest as we go. It's a trial and error kind of a thing, really. (laughs) One of the things that I did focus on a lot While I was pregnant with my first, um, after I got out of survival mode, because if any of you have experienced first trimester morning sickness, I don't know why they call it morning sickness. It really should be 24 hour all day, whether your eyes are open or closed. If you move, if you breathe, if you stand, if you sit, sickness. Once I got through that season, because that was rough, I really focused on making sure that I was doing the right things for my baby. And I didn't know then the things that I know now. And oh my goodness, how different things would have been had I known then 
what I know now. I would have been able to take the right supplements and the right nutrients and the things that my body needed to grow this baby healthy. And by grace, by a miracle of Yahweh, I had a perfectly healthy baby because I lacked a lot of understanding at the time. I've always been a pretty healthy eater, but I was definitely one of those women who was given to cravings while I was pregnant. So if that meant I wanted french fries, then I got french fries. If I wanted lasagna, that's what we had for lunch. If I wanted to bake a pan of brownies and eat a whole pan of brownies before my husband came home from work, you know, that's something that could be done too. <laughs> so I focused a lot on making sure that I was treating my body the way that I felt like was the best way for my baby because I realized that what I was putting in, the baby was also getting and I wanted to feed my baby the best that I could. Next, the random cravings that I had for things that I really shouldn't eat. And I hadn't eaten in years, but we had a healthy baby. Everything was good. Another discussion that James and I had while I was pregnant, because he wasn't sure, and it wasn't something we ever discussed, is whether or not I was going to breastfeed or bottle feed. And to me, the thought never even crossed my mind. I just assumed, um, well, if my body is making what feeds the baby, that's what we're using because it's free. <laughs> It only cost me my time. <laughs> so we had that discussion. It was a little uncomfortable for him because he didn't know how to approach it. And it was the cutest thing because he was like, um, I want to ask you a question, but I don't know how you're going to take it. And I'm like, OK. He said, have you decided if you're going to breastfeed or if you're going to bottle feed? And like, am I going to get a chance to feed the baby? And I just looked at him and I was like, um, I just assumed I was going to feed the baby. I, I guess I didn't give it any other thought. So I and then he was like, oh, OK, no big deal. We did get a breast pump. I did pump. He did try to bottle feed her. She rejected bottles. It was so much fun. And, you know, he did a lot of burping and diaper changes. <laughs> he was such a good first time dad. Fast forward. We have this beautiful baby. We bring her home. Everything's going great. And I made a spur of the moment decision almost to invite another infant into my home to care for them, to supplement some income, and to help someone out. The unfortunate thing was I didn't have the emotional capacity to handle two infants at that stage because I was still new to being a mom. I really wasn't sure how to juggle everything. And after a few months, I actually spiraled into delayed postpartum depression, which wasn't something that I ever thought I would experience. But one day James came home. I'm sitting on the sofa in the basement and I'm just crying. You know, Anna's sleeping somewhere and I'm, I'm alone in the basement just crying. And he walks in. And he's like, what is wrong? He just sat down so concerned. And I said, I don't even know. And he said, but why are you crying? And I said, I don't know. He said, well, what happened? I said, nothing. Nothing happened. He said, then why are you crying? I don't know. I had no idea. I couldn't actually give a reason for the tears that were just pouring out of my eyes. I had no explanation at all. And he said, I need to call your doctor. And he actually made the phone call and set up an appointment for me to go talk to her doctor. You know, they assess me as they do. They ask her all the questions. And she's like, yeah, you kind of have a little bit of delayed postpartum depression. That's not uncommon. She gave me a medication. <clears throat> insert the disclaimer where I say I am not pro pharma and I would never at this day recommend anybody take the course of action that I did take. But this is what I knew at the time and this is what I did. Disclaimer end. I took what I was prescribed and it did alleviate a little bit. It just kind of took the edge off of all of those negative feelings that I was feeling. It didn't give me a false sense of 
hope. It didn't give me any like, I'm flying. Life is great. It's all sunshine and rainbows and lollipops. It wasn't like that. It was more just, it made me able to cope, I guess. And after that whole season, a year old, when I stopped nursing, I stopped the medication. Everything was good. Right before our second anniversary, I found out I was pregnant again. I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is going to be, they're going to be really close. (laughs) This is, this is going to be, they're not even going to be a full two years apart. That's really close. But, you know. We trust the Lord. We were okay with it. I was happy. And we went away for our anniversary and I miscarried while we were gone. It was extremely devastating. I still to this day feel like I'm missing a child when I count my kids. (laughs) There's moments where I'm like, ah, we're missing someone. And I have to remind myself we are because that one is in heaven with our creator. And it's okay to still miss that child. The the promises and the dreams that you had for that baby. That's okay. It's okay to go through that emotion. So we dealt with miscarriage and then I really wanted another baby, but we thought, okay, well, you know, we'll wait till the end of the year and then we'll try again. And then I found out I was pregnant with Sarah. It didn't take long, (laughs) but we were super excited. And I will say I stayed more active during that pregnancy than the one before. And I learned a lot more. We were going to a chiropractor regularly. We were taking different supplements at the time. I felt healthier. I didn't gain as much weight. It seemed to mostly stay right in the front, right where the baby was. I continued to do my stretching, like yoga style stuff and run and Pilates and kind of just stayed fit the whole pregnancy. And she was born right at 40 weeks. Perfect timing. Everything went great. No postpartum depression after that. It was pretty exciting. I was very excited. She was a really easy baby. And then we got pregnant again before she was a year old. And that scares people. But we did find out that we were pregnant again uh, about 11 months. When she was 11 months old, my belly was growing extremely quickly, to which I was told, "Mm, it's probably because you just had a baby and your body knows what it's doing. But we ended up finding out that it was twins at 20 weeks. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we have twins. Then a couple years later, we had another and like 28 months after that, we had another one. So we have six kids. Now, this is a question we get asked often and something that I want to talk about because I am going to interview a couple moms that have large families and they have large families on purpose. I know. Oh, my gosh. A lot of people look at you and they assume two things. One, are you Catholic? No. Two, are you Mormon? Again, no. (laughs) Those are the questions that we got most often when ours were very little. Now that ours are older, rarely do we all go out together at the same time. But when they were small, I was strapping those twins on my front and my back with my almost two-year-old little one and a five-year-old big one, quote-unquote big. And then before I knew it, I had another infant that I was strapping on and the twins were going in the cart and, you know, two little ones were holding the sides of the cart. So we got a lot of looks. It was it was my life for a long time. Part of me got frustrated by it because a lot of people want to ask questions as if your fertility and your sex life and how you decide to grow your family is anyone else's business. But I did find that it was a great opportunity to minister to people and show them and encourage them that children really are a blessing and not a burden. We used that opportunity. There were times where I was like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe you're asking me this question. I, the number of elderly men that I made blush with my responses <laughs> is quite numerous and humorous. 
So how did we decide to have a large family? Well, we didn't really decide. I came in saying I want four children. James came in saying he wanted two. And I looked at him and said, two is not enough. I want four. And he said, well, let's have two and we'll we'll go from there. And I was like, okay. So we went from two to four, which he was like, yes, this is great. You know, no more pregnancies because I'm super emotional when I'm pregnant. Um, nobody likes that. Just in case you're wondering out there, um, it's really difficult to deal with somebody who typically manages their emotions very well. And then they get pregnant and cannot manage any emotion. I mean, even joy was overwhelming and made me cry. So my husband was super happy when we found out we're having twins because he's like, yes, we got a two for one. We're done. We, she got her four. But I, I mentally and emotionally actually kind of felt gypped. I'm like, whoa, I was prepared for four pregnancies for four kids. And now I've got four kids, but I only had three full term pregnancies. This doesn't seem right to me. So I was vying for like just one more pregnancy. Did we choose to have a larger family? I I still to this day don't consider six kids having a large family because a lot of my friends have 10 or more. So I did not feel like more than six was something that we could handle. And it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a conscious decision. It was more I had a lot of issues after the birth of our sixth daughter. Because of that, I felt like my body was not in a place that I could sustain another birth. And so James and I looked at our family, we prayed about it, and we really had peace about where our family was. We were content. And the further into raising six kids I got, I realized this is probably the mental and emotional capacity that I have is for six kids. I do believe that we are given the grace we need for the number we have. So some people feel that at one, some people feel that at two, three, four, some people feel that at 15. It's very different for all of us. For me, it was six. I was content there. I felt like our family was finished. I got to the place where I didn't desire another pregnancy. That's a big deal. I have a lot of friends who have more children and people assume that they're following this like quiverful mentality or I'm not exactly sure what the terminology is out there because I know these people, I know their hearts, and I know that they are just trusting the Lord with their fertility. We have a saying in our house that if you trust the Lord with your fertility, you're a parent. Um, And that's because his word says to um, be blessed and multiply, increase in number on the earth. So, of course, if you're serving him and you're doing what he's called you to do, he's going to multiply you, right? We take precautions so that our family size stays where it is. Do we have convictions about that? Possibly sometimes there are a lot of discussions about it, but I have a lot of friends who do nothing to prevent any kind of pregnancy and they do trust that the Lord is going to sustain them through all of it. And that is great. I am very excited for you to meet some of those friends because their perspectives are beautiful and the lives that they are living are admirable and their children are awesome. So all of this brings me to the final topic that I want to talk on in this series of birthing people, (laughs) being a mom, right? That would be vaccinating our kids. And I know this is a super controversial topic. I will go more into detail with a couple different people that I talked to about vaccinating. One of the moms I'm going to have on, her name is Anna. She is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to vaccines, and I am really excited for you to meet her. She has retained and put together so much more information and done so much more research even than I have that I really highly respect her opinion and her perspective. 
and I'm super excited to introduce her to you. Anyway, going back, vaccinating was something that James and I didn't really talk about either until we had our children. It wasn't even something that we necessarily thought of, but in our minds, and this is the reasoning with the knowledge that we had at the time, was that if there is something that I can do to help prevent my child from falling ill, I'm going to do that. Whatever that looks like, I want to do the best by my child no matter what. And the amount of information that was available at our fingertips 18 years ago was quite slim compared to what it is today. Actually, between my first and my sixth, there's a solid nine and a half years, almost 10 actually. And the amount of information that was available by the time I had my sixth compared to my first was astronomical. It was amazing, actually, the knowledge that I gained in between that time. So here's the plaguing question that I know everybody wants to know. Did you vaccinate your kids? Yeah, we did. We did. We vaccinated our first. We vaccinated according to the schedule. And we saw some things with her that we were like, "Mm, that just doesn't seem right. By the time I was pregnant with our second and I was about halfway through the pregnancy, I was really questioning vaccination. And James and I were praying about it a lot. And I did go to our family doctor because I did have a family doctor. Hey, I had one of those doctors that she was my doctor when I was a teenager. She was also my OBGYN. She also delivered my babies and she was also their pediatrician. So I went to her and I was like, hey, what do they need and what don't they need? And she kind of actually gave me a rundown of these ones are really not necessary. I wouldn't think that you necessarily need to give these ones. These ones would be helpful. So we kind of stuck to her suggestions for a while. And if you're interested in knowing exactly what they are, Uh, I may talk about that on another podcast, but I'm not going to today. We kind of stuck to that schedule. We did the same with the twins. We did the same with Sophia. Eh, There was a little medical malpractice that happened in there while she was in NICU. And then with Lacey, things were completely different. But we did choose to vaccinate and we vaccinated until Lacey was two years old. And when Lacey was two years old, I, in my research of vaccinations and the things that I was learning, discovered some things that were incredibly unsettling to me that caused me to to take a step back and determine that it, it probably wasn't the best decision for our family. And so we stopped. We stopped for all of our kids and James and myself. I'm sure you were all really wondering why I have so many kids. How did I get six daughters? Well, you'd have to ask my husband that one because I don't get to determine that. <laughs> I wanted to kind of give a preview of all of the different topics that we're going to be talking about the next few weeks when I talk to different moms about prenatal care, um, the different ways that birth goes, how we birth. You know, some of us birth naturally with nothing. Some of us do birth vaginally with meds. Some of us have C-sections. It looks a little different. Some of us actually just end up adopting and not even birthing at all. What postpartum care looks like, that fourth trimester that they're now talking about, but they weren't 18 years ago. What the healing looks like, the trauma that our bodies go through, and some of the postpartum depression issues that spring up. You know, I gave a little bit of my testimony in there to kind of prepare you for some of the things that other moms might say. Then we're going to touch on family size and why some people have larger families, why some people have smaller families. What forms of contraception do they use? And last, we're going to really touch on the vaccine issue, not because I want to be controversial, but because I feel like being informed and well-informed of everybody's ideas about things is extremely important. When we did choose to vaccinate, I did have friends who didn't vaccinate. And when I would ask them why, they simply would tell me we just don't feel like it's right. They didn't have any literature. They didn't have any you know, websites that I can go to and they'd be like, here, here's information about this. They just were following the leading of the spirit. I commend them for that because they were challenged left and right. 
I appreciate you joining me on this week's episode of Stay at Home Mom. I look forward to introducing you to some incredible moms that I have met in the last few years along my journey of motherhood. I am going to invite you to check out our affiliate link below with Rejuva Minerals, which is a U.S.-based skincare makeup line that we use as a family, and it's the only makeup line I will let my kids use. Also, you can check out my Instagram page, my Facebook page, and possibly Goodies Gabbing's YouTube channel if I can get something posted. (laughs) Now that our event is over, I should have some time to do some video editing. So with that, I'm going to say thank you for joining me. I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join me. I pray that you have a blessed week that you build your home with your own two hands, that you encourage your family, love your family, and show them the best of who you are. See you next time.